August 24th, 2022. We're in Masechet Sanhedrin, six lines from the bottom, the last word on the line. The Gemara is now on to talking about the last of those three kings mentioned in the Mishnah, uh, of whom we said, the Mishnah said, the last there was a debate about, the Mishnah described them as not having a portion, says the, says the Gemara, Menasheh. That's the third of our list. Yeravam ben Avad was number one. Number two was Ahav. And lastly, Menashe, the son of Hizkiyahu. Says the Gemara, Shenasha Ka. The Gemara is trying to describe his name, trying to give the etymology that perhaps underlies or perhaps we can learn from and describe him as from his name. Nasha, we know that from the name Menashe in the Torah. To be Noshe in biblical to- uh, language means to forget. So nashaka means he forgot God. It doesn't mean he actually forgot God or it doesn't mean he lived his life as if he forgot God. Davaraher, alternatively, instead of focusing it on Menashe's personal actions, look at him as a king who was Menashe Shehinshi et Yisrael avihem shebashamayim. He made Am Yisrael forget their allegiance, their connectedness to God. Either way you slice it, the first one is a personal direction, the second one is a national leadership positioning. Menashe was an individual who brought himself and others away from HaKadosh Baruch Hu in service and dedication. The same question we asked in the last two of the kings, says the Gemara, is there some sort of hint in the Pesukim that this king, much like Ahav, similar to Yeravam ben Adat, lost his portion in the world to come? The Mishnah, after all, is telling us that. Do you have some sort of textual hint to that? Says the Gemara Dichtiv, as the Pasuk says, and hints perhaps to us, Ben Shana, Menashe, Bemolcho, Vahamishim, Hamesh Shana, Malach Birushalayim, Vayas Ashera, Kasher Asa, Ahav, Melech Yisrael. The, the fact that the Pasuk needed to portray him as similar to Ahav, to make, him, uh, to, to make him analogous to Ahav, says the Gemara, what was the necessity? I mean, implicitly the Gemara asks, what's the necessity to say that he erected Abu Dazara, that he did the wrong thing? I mean, we had others. Did you need to compare him to Ahav? Ma'ahav in the Chilak La'ulam Haba. Af Minashe in the Chilak La'ulam Haba. It's to portray him as identical in this respect to Ahav in losing his portion in Olam Haba. How do you know Ahav lost it? Well, that's what the Gemara we saw yesterday from those words, Azuv ve'asur. The Gemara was Doresh that Ahav lost his Chilak La'ulam Haba. In turn, if the Pasuk is in some way likening uh, this Minashe to Ahav, perhaps it's for that reason. If you recall, the Mishnah had a dissenting opinion. Rabbi Yudaumer, Minashe yesh lo Chilak La'ulam Haba. The Mishnah mentioned that Rabbi Yehuda's opinion is that after the prayer of Menashe, and the Pasuk describes its acceptance, well, its acceptance was not just of a singular prayer, a one-time occurrence in which Menashe was uh, encountering or beseeching God. This was an acceptance of his Teshubah, and as a result, although he perhaps was off track for Olam Haba, Menashe repaired it. That's the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. Says the Gemara, both Rabbi Yehuda and Hachamim, Rabbi Yohanan will explain to us, are perhaps being Doresh and understanding the same Pasuk, just in different ways. Amar Rabbi Yohanan Ushnehem, both the Hachamim who hold, who maintain that 
Menashe, and the Hailek Laolam Baba, as well as Rabbi Huda, Mikra Echad Dareshu, they're both being Doresh, they're both extrapolating their opinions and explaining them, deriving them perhaps from the same Pasuk. What's that Pasuk? Shene'emar. So the Pasuk describes this um, bad state of being for Am Yisrael and it attributes it to Menashe. Well, attributing it to Menashe, I can say, look at this family, look at these students, it's all because of their father, all because of their teacher. Now, what was it about the father or the teacher? It could be one of two things. Says the Gemara, Morsavar Biglal Avud. Either it's, well, look at how wonderful, how fantastic the teacher is, and the students couldn't even learn from his ways. Uh, that's portraying the students as even worse because of the positive that's lays, lays potent, that's potential in their teacher. That's the suggestion of Rabbi Yehuda, explains Rabbi Yohanan. Rabbi Yehuda would maintain that Menashe did Teshubah. He merited a portion of the world to come. But Am Yisrael, who couldn't follow in his lead, who were able to heed his calls and understand and follow his ways in repenting, that's why we look at them all the more so negatively. They should have been able to pick up on their rotten king who turned, and they should be able to turn as well. Morsavar, alternatively, perhaps the easier interpretation, that of the Hachamim is, Biglal Menashe de la Avad Teshubah. It's Menashe, who's their leader, who never repented. That's why they're all in trouble. Amar Biyohanan kol haomer Menashe eno chilek la'olam haba, marpe yedehem shel ba'ale Teshubah. The suggestion of Biyohanan, the statement of Biyohanan, is any person who says that Menashe, meaning the opinion of Hachamim, doesn't have a portion of the world to come, is marpe. Ripui, and we know that from Paro, Nirpimhim, uh, Ripui means to be lightened, means to be loosened. You're loosening the hands, you're, you're, take, you're taking away from the strength of those who are Ba'ale Teshubah if you suggest that Menashe's Teshubah was never accepted. If you recall, we cited the Pasuk with regards to Ahab that he had a reign, a monarchy of 22 years. The monarchy, the reign of Menashe is 55 years. We mention in the context of Menashe, Ahab, uh, the wrongful actions and deeds of Ahab, which were similar or identical to Menashe. It means in the Derashav of, of this Tana, this, uh, this person who's citing a Beraita in front of Biohanan, that of the 55 years of kingship of monarchy of Menashe, 22 of them were rotten like Ahav. 55 minus 22 leaves us with 33. Dal minayu, subtract from the 55, the 22 years where he acted and was a leader like Ahav. Pashu lehu, you have left over, Taltin vetalat, you have 33 left over. And as a result, if we're to look at 33 years of repentance, if we're to envision the life of Menashe as not one of uh, utter and absolute uh, moving away from God, but rather 33 years, the majority of his career was trying to get closer. And to say nonetheless, 
suggests it would be Ohanan, like the Hachamim, but he has no Chilak La'olam Haba, who thinks they do have a chance? person who dedicated, I may have been the worst of the worst, but 33 years of Tishubah, no acceptance except to entering into the world to come, you're really messing with anyone who's attempting to do Tishubah. Go ahead. Didn't he not make Tishubah until he was captured or something? Like when he was down and out and really wasn't a true Tishubah? I, certainly, the Hachamim would argue like you, Jesse. Yeah. The alternative vision is he was moving forward. Maybe it uh, capitalizes on or it hits its apex yeah. at that point. You're right. We had a derasha earlier in the Gemara with regards to when Menashe finally turns to God, which is at the end after capture. All right. But alternative derasha. He still really wasn't fully remorseful. I'm with you. Uh, I'm with, I, I'm for two things. First of all, I'm with you with regards to what I'm saying. It's two different derashot, and certainly that's peshat and pesukim, like the hachamim. So it's not like you don't have someone on your side. I'm secondly suggesting that to, to, for us to understand teshubah in, in, in all or nothing, or rather a turning to or turning away from is too simplistic. It very possibly is for 33 years he's struggling, let's say, whereas for 30, 22 years he's rebellious. And, and yeah, he tries to at the last minute in the 11th hour, but he's not actually genuine and authentic, but there was something along the way. And if I learned to turn to a Baal Teshubah, who was really just tiptoeing in, and I said, and by the way, he tried for a long time. I may have not been wholehearted for a lot of it, but he never did, I never got any acceptance. You're not, you're not allowing for anything. Says Gemara onward, Amar Biyohanan, the Gemara will have several statements of Biyohanan, the name of Rabbi Shimon ben Yohai now, and uh, many of them, well, the first one will be with regards to Menashe, but after Menashe, many of them will be with regards to Malchei Yehuda and other such uh, somewhat related matters. So here's the statement, May dikhtiv vayishma elav so interestingly, inside of my Gemara, it says that the Pasuk says, That's what our Pasuk says. And that's even what we had cited in the Mishnah. Interestingly, and this is, you know, a larger conversation, the Gemara is going to make a derasha on a Pasuk. Now, it's not in Hamisha Humshe Torah, but it is a Pasuk in Tanakh, in Nevi'im, which they seemingly had a different version. Because their question, the question of Biyohanan, the name of Bishimon ben Yochai, is predicated, and its answer is going to be based on the fact that it doesn't say Vayi'atir, but it rather says Vayi'atir, replacing an ayin with a het. We know the word, we know that word to respond to prayer with an ayin. We know that from Parashat Toledot in the context of Yitzhak praying. What's Vayihater? Now, yes, a het and an ayin are both guttural, but the Pasuk should have ostensibly said Vayihater. Again, the Pasuk in front of us does say Vayihater, but the Derashav Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai seemingly with somewhat of a different version with a het in it, is that it says, Vayihater, Vayihater lo mi ba'ele. It should have said Vayihater with an ayin, which would have meant he heeded his call, he accepted his prayer. Melamed, we can instead suggest, says Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai, based on the text that he has, She'asan lo hakadosh baruch hu kimin mahteret barakiyah kedel kabbelo beteshubah so the statement over here is, and we saw this in the seventh parak of Masechet Sanhedrin, a pasuk which is uh, in the Torah, we know that word, mahteret means, if you recall, the tunnel. Remember, that's the circumstance of an intruder who's found in a surreptitious enter into the home in a mahteret, that's the word mahteret means. So we're envisioning as some sort of uh, tunneling in, which means not the regular entrance, 
entrance, but rather a backward entrance or a secretive entrance. Uh, so what's the Pasuk then suggesting? It's suggesting that the prayers, the repentance, the Tishubab Menashe was specifically and only accepted by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, by God in a Mahteret fashion. He had to do it in a sly way to get around the regular roadways. What do you mean? Says the Gemara, Mipene Midat Adin. What does it mean, Mipene Midat Adin? Says Yad Ramar, Bimeir Abu Afya, hold up for a second. Are you suggesting that God needed to fool some other entity? No, this is Kedele Saberita Oz, and this is for you and me to understand it better. It's not that God needs to turn aside from and fool his heavenly domain or heavenly legions of some. So, oh, this is in order for you and me to be able to understand this sort of matter better. So, then what is the lesson? The lesson goes as follows To understand repentance fully, and there's much to be discussed and developed in this context, we've discussed it. Well, Elul is right around the corner, so soon should discuss it again. To understand Teshubah fully, you need to understand what it means to, to be able to change and to have it fully accepted. What many of the early, uh, the medieval uh, Rabbeinu Yonah, for example, <coughs> rabbis and others suggest, based on Talmud Yerushalmi and Masechet Makot, is that Teshubah, the very entity, the very concept of repentance in the world of God, is a Midat HaChesed. It's Lifni Mishurat Adin, which means to say, the way Mesilat Yesharim, if I'm not mistaken, in Perek Zayin articulates, it says, Hare, for example, Hare Sherasah Adam, imagine you killed a person. You're telling me you could turn around tomorrow? No, not in a, certainly not in this world to court, you, you can't get out of that. You're telling me in the heavenly court, you could somehow change reality. Reality is there. What you did is done. You can't uproot that any longer. How is it then that God promises kapara? God, God tells you you can achieve some sort of uh, everlasting change through tissue by the suggestion of many is. That's a midata chesed. That's lifni mishurat adin. So what the Gemara's suggestion over here is not so much that menashe was barred, but the general concept I'm suggesting of teshubah is being portrayed through these lenses of a mahteret. God is accepting it. God is turning to you, so to speak, in that av kerachem av ben fashion. He's turning to you as a father to the son who can see past the rigidity and strict letter of the law, which would not be accepted in that context, the idea of the concept, the approach of Teshubah. Says Gemara onward, Pasuk has this interesting word, Bereshit. doesn't say at the beginning of. It says, Bereshit Mamlechut Yehoyakim ben Yehoyakim. And similarly, Bereshit Mamlechet so again, if you were to tell me that Bereshit means it's the beginning of kingship of monarchy, I understand that word, but Bereshit seems to suggest something along those lines, the beginning of something altogether new. If you tell me it's at the beginning of Bahatala, uh, something along those lines, the Gemara is bothered by or wants to make a derash on that word Bereshit, which appears to be not the regular usage of it. Do you mean to tell me that until the days of Yehoyakim ben Yoshiahu or Sidkiyah Lahavu Malche, there were no kings? Uh, that's what the word Bereshit would seem to suggest, an altogether new beginning. Ela, rather, uh, perhaps, say the Hachamim, this is what it's designating or hinting to us. Bikesh 
in the generation of Yehoiakim, who was a rotten, terrible, wrongful king. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu, because of him, Kivyachol, wanted to destroy the world, to bring it back to Bereshit, bring it back to a time of Veha'aretz Hayeta Tohu Vavo, to utterly destroy and bring back a chaotic nature and then redo it. He looks at the generation, he says, all right, this is not a generation which matches their king, and they are able to outweigh his presence. It's an amazing thought. It's a thought we had in Masechet Rosh as well, on the, what was it, Tetzayin Yodzayin zone, where the leader, the king, is given a lot of weight. You turn to that individual and you say, you hold a lot of the weight and responsibility, so we're going to look to your deeds and your personal activity to portray what the larger activity is really all about. So the statement here is, in turn, Yehoiakim was not very good. So to speak, God wanted to destroy. He looks at the others and says, all right, we can or we can cool off because we can see positive in them. Similarly, but in the opposite direction, Sitkiah was a good guy, uh, but his generation, uh, not very good. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to destroy, to bring forth utter destruction because of them. He looks at Sitkiah, uh, so that's the statement here in the Gemara, Sidkiyah, and again, it's the flip side, but it's teaching the same lesson to a certain extent. The leadership, sometimes the individual has the power, has the responsibility to carry the entire kilal, the collective that lies beneath him or her to the extent that God's saving or destruction could be or would be determined based on that one ind- individual. Says the Gemara, but wait a second, Sidkiah was really that good? But Sidkiah na meketiv, vayasara be'ine Adonai. Pasuk says about Sidkiah, I told you a moment ago, he was a good guy. Wasn't a good guy. Pasuk says he did the evil, he did the wrongful actions in the eyes of God. Answers the Gemara, listen, maybe as a leader, he didn't sway the people, but as an individual, he did right. He was able to, and as a king, he had the sway, he had the power, the ability to change the people by being mohe, by, rebu- by, by rebuking them, by telling them to do differently, and he didn't do so. So his insufficiency was in the fact that as a leader he could have prevented, and he didn't. That's the ra, but not a personal ra. Ve'amar mishum shimon ben So I told you I have a few more of these coming. And we're going to be Doresh a pasuk here in Mishle. Pasuk in Mishle says, my What does it mean when the pasuk says, Ish hacham nishpat et ish evil. A wise man, the derasha will be, that's a reference to God, is nishpat, the derasha will be, it's being shofet, judges et ish evil, a silly, a, a, a person of folly, viragaz, and got angry, v'sahak, got happy and laughed and smiled, v'enahat, but there was nothing good that came out of it. What's the pasuk referring to? That's some sort of reference to the wise one. Again, I told you it's going to be God. And the treatment of the silly one, both in an angry and a happy fashion, but it giving no positive dividends. Says the Gemara, I'll tell you what this is referenced to, perhaps. Amara Kadosh Baruch Hu Kivyachol, God through Shilomo in Mishle, expresses himself. Ka'asti Allah hazvenat untativ biyad malchedamesek. There was a king, his name was Ahaz. Got angry at him. He was doing wrong. I handed him over to the domestic king, 
And what did he do? What was his approach in that circumstance? Zibeh Elohim. He didn't turn to me in that moment. So there's the ragaz of the pasuk. Now listen, we know this from our relationship with children, perhaps with colleagues. And sometimes you think that the way to set a person in their place, and you might be right sometimes, is by getting angry, by, by leveling the iron fist. That sometimes doesn't work. So he says, I tried with ahaz, the iron fist. I tried the ragaz, as the pasuk has it in uh, Mishle, uh, but it didn't work. He just turned to their God. Okay, so, so the Pasuk describes again how Ahaz, instead of turning to God as God was Rogezalav, gives no Nahat to God, turns to the kings of Aram to the ways of Damasic. Sahakti. So what did the Pasuk mean then onward? Perhaps as we're being Doreshid and Mishleh. I laughed, I smiled, so I get it. You got angry at Ahaz and to no avail. Who'd you laugh at? Who'd you try to treat in the other way that we sometimes try to treat and deal with uh, wrongdoers in our business and with our children, perhaps with students? Im Amasya, a different king. Venatati malche edom If you follow the storyline, um, the cir- circumstance with Amasya the king was he was successful. He got Edom in his hand. How did he react to that? Perhaps he was thankful to God. Maybe he was now able to turn in the appropriate direction. What did he do? He brought their gods and he worshipped and bowed to them. So there's the, in the Pasukin Mishle that we were referring to earlier, there's the Sahak. How do you know that's what he did? Shene Imar, as the Pasuk says, The Pasuk describes how after his conquest, after his success, which he should be and could have been attributing to God, he instead turns to the gods with the lowest case G and worships them. So that's the Pasuk in turn, says the Gemara. So to speak, God is throwing his arms up in despair. He says, listen, I tried it straight. I tried it smiling. I tried it by helping. I tried it by hurting. Nothing seems to help. At times, there's no nahat which is thrown in my direction. Papa says, you know, we have an aphorism. We have a statement of the average folk uh, along these lines. This is a story in Tanakh, stories in Tanakh that can, can portray what people say. What do they say? Bachyele lemor de la yada. lemor de la yada. Sometimes you can cry, and it just doesn't avail to a person who can't hear it and see it. Sometimes you can smile, and it doesn't to no avail. And when you're dealing with a person who's callous, who strengthened their mind and heart to the extent that they're not going to accept, you can try all the passionate pleas, the inspirational talks, the angry uh, the, 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 the tirades. It's not going to work. Uh, how woeful is it for those individuals? I mean, you have to deal with one who's not able to distinguish between good and bad. Uh, irrespective of what's thrown at them. Okay, the Pesukim continue onward. And this is back into the days of Nebuchadnezzar. For one reason or another, we want to be Doresh. These Pesukim now. That's a far, we're a long cry, a far cry from discussion of Nebuchadnezzar. But after the entrance into Yerushalayim, as they're taking over, the Pasuk describes, Vayavo kosare melech bavel, the ministers of 
the king of Babel, Nebuchadnezzar, at the time period, come in, their entrance into Yerushalayim, Vayeshevu B'Sha'ar, and the Pasuk describes that they sit at Sha'ar Hatuch, and the Gemara is going to be Doresh, that Pasuk of Hatuch, as Hatuch. Again, the guttural letters, He and Het, certainly if you pronounce them properly, sound very similar, so you will have them interchangeable at times. What does it mean that they sat, they resided at the archway of cutting, if we're reading it as, instead of hatavich, which would uh, mean one thing or another, we're reading it as hatuch, uh, as something altogether, something about slicing. Now, before we read on, it's just important to mention, when the rabbis envision, and for good reason, determining law, and specifically Talmudic and halachic law, but any law, they envision it as, uh, as, as making cuts. Uh, the same way a surgeon has to be very precise when he puts an incision, so to halacha, they always envision as being mehatech. You need to finely decide and cut in between asur and mutar, between kosher and unkosher, and as a result, well, I'm already telling you what direction we're going in. You want to know where they were sitting and residing? Makom shemehatechin bohalachot. They were at the Sanhedrin area. They were at the Lishkata Gazit. They had entered into the inner chambers or places, place of the inner chambers where we had uh, theretofore determined halacha, where we had been determining as Sanhedrin, as our Jewish and religious and halachic Supreme Court were hanging out. That's where they entered into. Rashi quotes the Gemara earlier in the Masechet and Dafpevav that says that on Har Habayit there were three Bate Dinim, one in Lishkata Gazit, one on Peta Hazara, one on Peta Har Habayit, which means say specifically, they're in that area. There's the ministers of the invading troops. They now set up shop for their own system, for their own governmental rule and jurisdiction in the place where we had been beforehand. There's a certain tragic irony over here. Amar of Papa, Hainu Damre Inche, says it of Papa, and I think with, with tears in his eyes, he says, this, is, this aligns with what people say with that other aphorism. Be'atra de mare talale zayene, in the same place where the master, the strong one, had hung up his weapons. So imagine this as the hut on the side of the field where the hunter would hang up his, I don't know, bow and arrow, maybe in today's day and age we'd say his rifle, taman right there, kulba ra'aya kulte tala. That's where the lower, um, uh, what ra'aya means shepherd, will place his jugs. And so what I'm, what I'm understanding from this statement and from the depiction of the rabbis is, here's the lower level individual setting up a lower level law system in the same place where we were dealing with the real deal, where the hunter had been until then, and now you have the shepherd hanging up his, his uh, jug, where the hunter had put his weapons, now they're invading and putting their own lower level crafts and, and issues. Says the Gemara onward, We're going to make another one of these derashot from a pasuk in Mishle. What does it mean when the pasuk says, Al ish asel avarti? I passed by the field of a um, lazy man, the Al Kerem Adam Hasar Lev, 
At the same time, it was a vineyard of a person who's lacking in heart and mind. And I noticed that now there was growth of all sorts of weeds and stuff. And I noticed as well the wall which, uh, or the gate which had been built of stone was destroyed. What's this a reference to? So of course it could be a reference to all sorts of things. It's a, mish, um, a pasuk in Mishlet, some sort of mashal. The Gemara is going to be doresh this along the lines of the many terrible kings of Yehuda over the course of the years. Now the Gemara will not tell us about each one of these kings right now. It'll just give us a sneak peek of this one's that one. And that one's that. The Gemara just on the next side on Davkov Gimala Mutbet, which we'll hopefully learn tomorrow, will portray each of these in their own terrible light. Let's just for the moment read what how the Hachamim envision each of these and deal with the specifics tomorrow. It says the Gemara, so let's go through this pasuk of, of, um, one by one. On the one hand, Al Sede Ish who's the lazy one who uh, has this field, Ze Ahaz. We read a little bit about Ahaz already and understood he wasn't a good guy. All right, the, the, the vineyard of the, uh, of the individual who has no mind and heart, that's Menashe. We learned a little about him as well. What, Sidkiyahu, the last one, the destroyed gate? I thought Sidkiyahu was our good guy. You want to know what the destroyed gate is? That's a reference to the Mikdash, not per se his personality. Although, we read earlier, he should have been Moheb ibn Doro, and he wasn't, didn't do so. But the reality of his time period was one of destruction of Mikdash. That's the destroyed gate. This is four groups of individuals whom we see as, and, uh, and Mr. Hadid, you'll like this statement very much in light of the conversation after Minyan yesterday. Look at these four groups and very clearly analyze these four groups and understand, first and foremost, we're not saying they don't have a portion of the world to come. We are saying they're not going to be mekabel They won't have, as Yad Rama suggested, a aspaklaria ha They won't have the ability to have a higher level apprehension, connectedness to God. So they'll be there, it sounds like they did Torah and mitzvot somewhat appropriately, but their connection will be one which is diminished. Diminished? Why diminished? Who are they? Katletzim. It's the cynical individuals. Katshakranim. The people who lie one to another. Now, these are not ben adam lamakom. Each of these will not be direct violations spitting in the face of God in the standard and traditional sense. It's going to be with regards to the way they treat others. Kat hanifim. Hanifah means a person who flatters with an ingenuine, uh, unauthentic way. I speak to you and I pretend that I care about you, but I don't. Kat mesapere lashon hara. And lastly, those who speak wrongfully, consistently about others. That's the four groups of those who won't get this higher level connectedness in the future. They've done it right. What do you mean? I've learned Torah. I've done mitzvot. Look at my boxes. They're all checked off. But what type of person have you been? And now the Gemara will be Doresh, each of these as being that terrible state of being. Katletzim, on the one hand, those uh, lightheaded individuals, the ones who have that cynicism, as the Pasuk says, Dichtiv mashach yado et losesim kivyachol ha-kadosh baruchu 
pulls back his hand from those who are lotzitzim. He, instead of extending his hand in friendship and companionship and connection, pulls it back. What about those who uh, lie consistently, who are deceitful? Those who speak wrongfully and not with honesty, uh, they're not straight in my eyes. I won't be looking at them. They won't be looking at me. What about the flatterers? Hanaf Yavo, not in front of him, the Pasuk says, Hanef Yavo, will someone who has Hanifa, who's Hanef, who's, who's a flatterer, won't be able to stand and walk in front of God. Lastly, what about those who speak wrongfully about others? They're consistently Medaberim Lashon Hara, Shen Dichtiv, as the Pasuk says, Kilo El Hafetz Resha. Rashi says that the surrounding Pesukim seem to be describing individuals who are speaking wrongfully, the Pasuk before, Pesukim afterwards, and as a result, the Pasuk in turn referring to these Resha, those who are wrongful, who won't be able to be God, won't be able to dwell in the midst of God, it's a reference to Medabere Lashon Hara. The Gemara then concludes for us today by describing, by balancing much of what we've seen. We've been spending a daf and a half at least on Avodah Zarah, on the wrongful activity with regards to approach or turning away from God. The last statement here, those four groups who won't be able to be Mekabel Pinei Shekhinah balances this in a real way for us. It's not only about the dedication to God in that strictest black and white sense, it's about proper relationships and honesty to others, to human beings as well. Baruch Adonai, the